0: And welcome to another episode of All In Football. Uh, I am joined today by Alex Rex and Scott Williams. Uh, we're still without Cully, uh, who's gone off to the cricket and left us again. Shocking performance. Was he was
1: in the Caribbean, isn't he?
0: Yeah, I think so. You know, cricket, cricket over football, I think for him. Anyway, um, moving on, we've got a good good discussion today. We're going to go through all the usual bits. and um, We've got our main talking points around the Premier League. Um, Alex is going to run us through um, his fantasy football uh, breakdown. He's also got his own podcast, um, which he does in a bit more detail. So please don't forget to listen to that one as well if you're into your fantasy football. And Scott's going to answer some questions for us on um, everything below the Premier League uh, and give us a breakdown of how those different leagues are going. So I'm going to crack straight on um, and go into our first talking point today, which is Spurs. Um, and we're going to have a little bit of a discussion on how Spurs have started the season because they're getting a lot of credit. Everyone I'm listening to is saying, oh, Spurs doing brilliantly, you know, wonderful. They've had two 1-0 wins, uh, both of which they were playing extremely defensively um, and probably got quite lucky to not concede goals in either of those games. So I guess the first question is, have they actually started well or have they just got a bit lucky with those those first two games?
2: Um, let's, let's, uh, let's say a, li- a little bit of both, but I do think, um, I mean, they were, what, they're 16th for shots in, in, in the league. No wonder they've only won two games, 1-0. And then they are, uh, they had an XG conceded expectation of like 3.2 or whatever it was. I did have a look at that. I think it was just over three goals are expected to concede. They've conceded like as many big chances as some of the teams in, in the bottom, bottom area of the table. So, I mean, it, it, according to the stats, they've been lucky, but you know, also I think actually watching them, City never really looked like beating them by at all, really. So they did well in that game. Um, yeah, I think it's a little bit of both, Tom. That's what I'll go with. I'll sit on the fence, just like you like to normally.
1: I would, I would, I would just like to point out that over the course of the twenty games um, we've had so far in the Premier League. There's only been... I think this is going to be something I'm going to bang on about all oh, year. There's only been five away wins. Yeah. Um, Those away wins were Chelsea against relegation press and Arsenal. Um, Liverpool against Norwich, which you would expect. Brighton against Burnley. West Ham against Newcastle. And then Spurs against Wolves. So, I, I think a lot of teams will be setting up quite differently now when they play away from home, um, especially with the crowds back in. So, I think for Nuno to go back to that Wolves team, he was never wanting to didn't wanted to lose the game, was he? It was similar to when England played Scotland in the Euros. We never wanted to lose it, and um, so he was definitely set up for that. But yeah, I, th- I think they've looked solid. They look good. Without arguably the best player in the team, I think now with Skip and Hoiberg there, it really does free up the attacking players, especially on the counter. So it will be interesting to see how Kane fits in this weekend. Um, we'll no doubt we'll start in the game. Um, sort of who's going to drop out of that that sort of fold because. Um, You'd probably look at maybe Bergwijn, but he's, he's looked good the last couple of games, so it would be an interesting one.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I think both of you have just touched on the fact that um, they are just playing, they are more defensive than offensive at the moment, and you wouldn't normally expect that from a top-six team. Um, probably, like you say, Scott, there's a little bit of an element of them going back to Wolves, you know, Nuno, like you say, not wanting to lose that game, and probably also a case if he's new to the team, so... What he's trying to do is build defensive solidity and then maybe start working on the attack. But frankly, this was the way Wolves played for a lot of years and um, was quite structured, quite defensive. They never really blew teams away. I can't remember any results where they got kind of like four or five nil wins. And um, so, is this just something that we're going to see continuously from Spurs? Is this the way they're going to play, or do you think Nuno will develop an attacking style as they go forward? Because they got Watford this week and they should be dominating that game.
2: I just just um I just double check that stat in terms of shots. so they they've conceded the most shots in the league this season. It's third bottom for the most shots in the box conceded. So for a team that's like but playing really quite defensively, they are still conceding a, a decent amount of opportunities in and around their penalty area. Um, but it, it, but that I think that's where statistics kind of because' from watching the games, it hasn't really felt that way though. And so that's where they can kind of cross over a little bit. And I do think they deserve a hell of a lot of credit to the players at Spurs as well for getting the Reds down, winning the first two games 1-0 when the Harry Kane saga has been going on in the background. So they deserve a lot of credit. Um, and and I, I still, for me, Spurs are, are a big wait and see this season. I mean, they got an embarrassing defeat in the the Conference League last week. Um, we'll, just, we'll, we'll see where they go from here. But um, I hope Nuno does well.
0: Yeah. And that last point, just to finish and wrap up on Spurs, but Harry Kane, um, how do you see him slotting in into the way that this team's playing now? Is it going to be a good thing? Do you think it will mean that they can play a slightly more attacking, within a more attacking mentality because they've got that, that focal point to kind of play through? He's a bit more of a player that can hold it up. Song, more uh, these are kind of guys that like it on the spin and they move into the space. Kane can hold it up and bring other players into play. So do you think that that, that return will be a good thing? Do you think it will change what we've seen from the first couple of games?
1: interesting one because i can see him sort of sitting in and maybe getting in on top of deli alley a bit too much when uh, that's yeah, sort of the yeah. position he's playing him mm-hmm. so it will be interesting to see if maybe deli alley is the one that gives away or if he's gonna like you say it's totally different it's also gonna be interesting what harry kane turns up yeah. harry kane is a professional let's be honest he's you know other than maybe spitting his dummy out of the pram that'll do um <laughs> Uh, throwing his stories out of prime a little bit um about getting his move. We've all had our opinions on that. He's still a top class professional, and I can't imagine him not coming back wanting to get that golden boot again. Um so I think he will come back all guns blazing on this one. Um but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Deli Ali's role is because he started the season excellently and his movement for that first goal when he won the penalty was that was fantastic.
2: Okay, he's a Spurs fan. And he bleeds the the the, the, the club, uh, in essence. Other than you know wanting to leave, um, but well, it, sounds,
0: it sounds like he's trying to bleed the club dry because on the back of not getting his move to City, it looks like he's now trying to negotiate for a 400k a week contract. So was it all just about money?
2: No, no chance. He definitely wanted to leave for for, for trophies. He wouldn't have done the interview with Gary Neville if he didn't, because that was, I mean, that was one of the the biggest cries out to another club to please come by me. I've ever heard, ever from a player. I really it want was. to play with De Bruyne, please.
0: It, it was, but I'm, I'm sorry, but if he does turn around and sign a new contract with Spurs now, I lose a lot of respect for him because what's changed in the space of two weeks? Pep's it's not, not going to sign him
2: anymore. anymore. That's why. Pep, but Pep's obviously, because he, Pep's going to leave at the end of his contract now.
0: What, you um, think, hey, well, if Pep's not there, I'm not going to go
2: there. I think it's been, I think it's been the whole, the whole thing that's been he wants to go to Man City to play with play for Pep, play for a team that's going to win a load of things, and then he's actually now just seen maybe there's a bit of unsettled, uh, unsettlement, a bit of bit unsettled around Man City because of what's going to happen now that they're going to have to go into transition. So this is like their last season where Pep's not going to be where well, he's obviously going to be building for the season after. So there's a lot of uncertainty going on there. So maybe he's just gone, well, I'm obviously not going to get my move. Haaland, um, uh, obviously Mbappe's is probably to Madrid, but um, Lewandowski has put himself available. There's there's all these players now that are, that are coming available that are probably more attractive than Kane and a bit cheaper in terms of Lewandowski would be cheaper and he still scores a lot of goals. So I don't know, maybe he's quit trying to leave and there just wants know. to cash
0: in. Yeah, fair enough. Look, we'll, we'll never know, will we? We will never know. Uh, so it, there's no point speculating about it. If it happens, it happens, but it definitely looks like we're staying at Spurs this year, which is a good thing for them. Um, moving on from Spurs, let's go on to your boys, Alex, uh, Man United. I just uh, say,
2: Tom, right, you, you, right, last last week I had to wait until the last point to talk about Man United when we won 5-1. This week we'll be in the second talking
0: point. I know <laughs> what I'm doing, mate. <laughs> the reason I'm wearing this shirt. Anyway, that was my idea. Shirt, this
1: talking well, point was my idea as well, Alex, just <laughs> to kneel uh, to with you a bit there.
0: Anyway, it is a main talking point, Alex, because everybody was raving about you after game week one. 5-1, one, smashing your bitterest rivals, or at least you're our bitterest rivals. <laughs> I don't know if do you still <laughs> feel the same, but I think the point is a really disappointing draw. Um, away from home at Southampton. I know it carries on the unbeaten record that you've got, which is now matched the... Is it matched or overtaken Invincibles?
2: Match they aren't invincible it matched it not Invincibles. It's yeah.
0: longest away unbeaten streak um, in history, along with the Invincibles, which is impressive. But it's another loss at a team where... Uh, another loss of points at a team where you should have taken all three. And does it just show again? You just... Especially with the referee rule changes this year, you've got a lot of players that aren't necessarily up for the fight in those games.
2: Um, up for the fight's a weird one um, the, our big, One of our biggest worries It just shows, once again When we don't play with McTominay We don't have the energy in midfield And now he's got a growing problem And he's having to have surgery on that And he's going to be out for a while Well, not, not like a long, long time I think it'd be shorter than, than what was first feared um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Man United Panicked by a central midfielder In the last five days of this transfer window Because it just proved once again That Fred and Matic aren't good enough to play together and it shows a fragility in the midfield, and it's that um, it's that high high press um, speed, that turnover that of play that Liverpool did when they were when they won the league, and obviously came second to City. That we we miss in that centre midfield because we're all speed up top, but that midfield we it's just so tepid in there. It's just so boring, and it just you can play through it so easily when you've got Matic who's. He turned slower than than a HGV. It's ridiculous. And and Fred, I mean, the way he stuck his leg out to try and block that shot, that then went in off him into that corner, it was pathetic. The way he stuck his leg out. If you ever watch it back, it's pathetic. So, at the end of the day, yeah, fragility in the centre midfield, and that's why we won't win the league. And that's why now Chelsea san Lukaku, we won't we won't come second either. Like that, we need a central midfielder. We've needed it from day one. But there you go. And let's just spend more money. I mean, it was. A- on,
1: Scott. It was a weird one for me with Martial starting. Yeah. Don't get it. Don't get You've it. You've absolutely bent Leeds United over last week. Why we started Martial up top when it was so uh, so effective last week um, with Greenwood?
2: No idea, mate. Joke. So, it was, uh, And I, Ollie gets his selections right more times than, than not, to be fair to him. Um, but why we didn't start Sancho or James and Greenwood up top? Because he looked amazing against Leeds. Why are
1: you not your better players? Tuchel came out last week and said Lukaku's ready. He's fine. He's going to play. We bought him to play. Yeah, it, it, it annoys me. Like Sancho's yeah. ready.
2: Well, he's he's definitely ready because he played 90 minutes in a in a try, in a warm up game against Burnley like like four days before. So he obviously is ready. So. Why we've not played him, I, I just I don't know. But anyway, that's you've yeah. got to trust, try trust the manager with that decision. I guess. Two and two for Fred, though. That's a good start for him, isn't it? He? He's got to be <laughs> happy with that.
0: I mean, yeah, I think everybody said before the season there was a couple of positions where Man United needed to, needed to probably fill the gap. And one of them was centre-back and one of them was right wing. you had been after Jason Sancho for ages. But actually, as soon as that's done, now all, everyone's saying, why did they not buy a central midfielder? I think everyone's known that you've needed a central midfielder, but with the way that Man United play, you don't just need a ball-winning midfielder. You need a deep-line playmaker.
2: Yeah. Uh, you but, need somebody
0: that can get the ball, win the ball back, but then also play forward in a quick and effective manner because the way Man United play, they play with speed, they play with pace. Even when they're not counter-attacking, they want to move the ball quickly. That's when they're the most effective. Fred, even McTominay, I don't think can do that. I think you need somebody to hit the ball and play deep passes, out to the wings, get the wingers involved quickly, and that's how Man United have be successful.
2: Well, I, I disagree with you, McTominay, but other than that, I completely agree with the, the rest of the point that you said there. And I, I'm, I'm it's a shame for me that uh, what's Donny van der Beek doing here still? I don't understand. I thought that was what he was here for. I thought he yeah. could play in a, in a six or an eight, and I thought that's what he could do. And I think I feel like it, it, it's this he's a big decision now for Ollie. like give him game time or. I mean, you're playing the League Cup again, but we didn't buy £40 million midfield to play in the League Cup. Anyway.
0: It is a strange one. It is a strange one. But um, you're certainly in a better position than last year. But even so, I think games against Saints away, a one-off at the start of the season, you can let it go. But there were signs in that performance that were good for me as a Leeds fan. Because I didn't think that you ever looked really that dominant in the game. Um, <laughs> just but just as a Man just United fan, I'd
2: be worried. Yeah, just to be clear on it, I'm really happy with the signings. Always made the two transfers are fantastic. I'm really happy with the amount of money he's been given to spend. I think he's been back fantastically. I think we're making good progress and moving forward. Um, it's the it's the clearing out of the crap that needs to happen, and that clearing out of crap needs to happen to then finance that central midfielder and then to finance the striker that we inevitably need next summer. And that's what has to happen. So let's just wait and see.
1: At least you get to get your own back on Villa Villarreal and the Champions League, mate. You've just been drawn against them. And Man, <sighs> Man City, PSG in the same group is a bit naughty, isn't it?
0: Wonderful. That's cool. UVA oh Chelsea as well. well. Maybe maybe we'll review those at the end if we've got time. And um, so uh, it sounds like there's some good, good fixtures in there. Uh, right. Um, we'll move on uh, from Man United and Spurs, and we're going to go uh, down the league. So, we're going to go straight away to Scott um, and your coverage of the Championship. Uh, we four games in now, Scott. Top two already Fulham and West Brom. Not very surprising. Uh, is that just a sign of things to come? Are they going to stay like that all year?
1: Yeah, I, y- yes, I think so. <laughs> um, yeah, the two of the big favourites to go up at the start of the season um, Fulham have been Hull Millwall and a really good draw against a really tough Middlesbrough side so far. West Brom wins against Blackburn, Sheffield United and Luton, and then a really good draw for them against Bournemouth, so uh, games in which they've dropped the points, they have been against uh, teams you'd expect to be in or around that playoff conversation coming into the season. Um, I can see them absolutely being up there. It's no surprise. Um, I was quite interested to maybe have a look at West Brom last night, but they've played the kids, so um, it'd be interesting to see how they bounce back from, you know, getting beat 6 0, but I would suggest many of them players will be playing at the weekend anyway. Um, so yeah, um, I think them two will. I'll be surprised if them two are in the top six coming into the season.
2: They gave Arsenal a uh, welcome lift, didn't they? You know, Arsenal played Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, Nicola Pepe for seventy million quid against the. Uh, sorry, Tom, you didn't put Arsenal in the agenda. So I had to mention them. I um, know,
0: know you just talking about them. I knew you'd, I know you'd mention them anyway, <laughs> so I don't need to put them. In. No, no, no. I just
2: uh, it's um, just uh, that welcome lift that West Brom gave Arsenal last night was uh, was was very nice of them.
0: That was such a big game
1: for Arsenal. It's so silly. That was that was massive. And it yeah actually you was. could <laughs> you could see how he was sort you could see how nervous he looked having his interview before the game because if they struggled through that, even if they got a two one scrapey win against the kids of West Brom, it could have been him out, you know. Oh uh,
0: yeah. I, I think they the Arsenal board of backing him to the hill a bit like Ollie. Um, but I think it certainly is the pressure going on him, isn't it? Um, any any other noticeable results in the Championship? Anything we should take
1: note of? Yes, there's certainly a few that caught the eye. Um, Coventry, wow, what starts to the season they're having. Um, they got a 97th-minute winner, um, one of Scum 49 is old boys, yeah, Matt Godden. Nice. Um, we we released him, didn't think he was good enough, as we do with most players, and they go off and they're brilliant. So, yeah, got three points. They absolutely battered Redding, to be fair, in that game, um, and it's actually taken them to fourth at the minute. So what a start to the season it is for Coventry! Certainly one that's going to look, catch any eye of you looking through the uh, through the scores. Luton zero, Birmingham five, what A ridiculous result for Birmingham them. Um, Scott Hogan, always prolific at this level, um, and a really really good display. He's having a great season so far, Chong. So uh, you never know; he could be the answer to uh, some Man United problems there. But he's having I a love great I love season. What a guy! It's just
2: the hair as he runs
0: around. The hair's amazing.
2: Love it? him, love him. need um, a bit of speed when the hair's that big. He, uh, he, he, he uh, played in that memorable night when we beat PSG. What a guy! What a he lad! Played.
1: I remember him jumping on Rashford when he bagged the uh, bagged the goal. Um, but yeah, he's had a very good season so far. Um, he's, he's, Maybe this season he needs away from you know the Premier League and the Championship, finding his level a bit. Um, but yeah, biggest win for Birmingham for almost a decade. And then you've got to look at Sheffield United and uh, if you're not a Sheffield United fan, you're laughing because uh, they thought they'd equalise in the 91st minute when Billy Sharp popped up. Only for Huddersfield just to go straight up the other end, score to win 2-1 in a Yorkshire Derby at Sheffield United. One draw, three losses, one goal scored. It's a bit of a tough one. They did get a win midweek against Derby in the AFL Cup. Um, So yeah, that could give them a bit of confidence, but... Things you look to good.
2: see. Wild Wilder in.
0: Yeah. Um, anything else? Anything else um big out of the championship that we
1: should yeah, Um. Uh, I mean Forrest will be struggling four from four, same start they had last year. So that'll be worrying for them. Big news coming out this week. Uh, one, Connor Wickham is at Preston end training. That'll be massive for them because they have only scored three goals in four games. Um winger Morgan Rogers has signed on loan for Bournemouth from Man City, apparently very highly rated. And West, West Brom side, Jordan Hugel, on loan from Norwich, anyone who watched the game last night, would be saying a big game for him because they knew Jordan Hugo would be getting in. And for me, an eye-catching one, and one to ask you about, Tom, because he's impressed me every time I've seen him come on. Perveda, I think that's very exciting for him. at Blackburn, how do you think he'll get on? I think he'll do very well.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um I'd have said a year ago, he didn't have the physicality for the championship. I think that's why we didn't see him. He's, he's a very good player, very good technical player, but he's not, you know, he's and probably players get sick of hearing this, but he's not very big. He wasn't very muscly. And I did worry like in the championship that stepped down, but he has bulked up a lot this summer. Um, yeah, I think it'll be great for him. He's very, very tricky. He's probably technically a level above the championship. It's just whether he can deal with the the physicality of it. So... It'll be a great season for him. And Blackburn, I think, had Elliot as well, didn't they? He went and yep. played 30 games there and now he's starting for Liverpool. So, if we can do the same for and that would be uh, brilliant.
1: Exactly right. He, he came on leap from bounds. And uh, they're, they're certainly lacking some, especially with Adam Armstrong going to Southampton. So, uh, yeah, very excited to see that. Very excited.
0: Brilliant. Right, going down to League One. Uh, other side of Sheffield and the club having an, a great start to the season. Uh, three wins and a draw. Uh, pretty good start for them,
1: Scotty. I'm just going to touch on the last couple of things in the Championship, uh, just looking ahead to the weekend, if that's right. Tom. Sorry if I've uh, oh, yeah, no. missed out. Um, so, a couple of games that caught the eye. Derby-Forest, big Derby there. Um, well, Derby for Derby against Forest. Hey. Um, Forest, four from four losses, um, need a win. Derby ticking over. They're doing all right. doing what they need to do at the moment. And in Cardiff-Bristol City, Cardiff um, early kick-off on Saturday, they will actually go top if they win. And the top goal scorer in the Championship is centre-back Aidan Flint. <laughs> He's got four goals already for Cardiff, so keep an eye out on that one. And then one for the Aker, so um, we will be putting this on social this week. But it did come in last week. Anyone that listened to that and put it on, we're already in big profit. So uh, that comfortably came in. So Championship this week, Huddersfield versus Reading, over 1.5. Three out of four of Huddersfield's games have been over 1.5. And all four for Reading have been over 1.5. Sorry, Tom. We'll go and slide back to League One.
0: No worries. That was uh, that was all tactical. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Going into League One, then uh, Scott, you give us a little overview. Sheffield, uh, like I said, good start uh, for them. Uh, counter to the to the the troubles on the other side of the city. Uh, Darren Moore doing a great job.
1: Yeah, very interesting. Like you say, it's chalk and cheese what's going on in that city at the minute. Um, I. Pit, I picked Chef Wednesday to be struggling at the start of the season. That's, uh, so far, proved me very wrong. Um, three wins in the draw from the opening four, five goals, zero conceded. Darren Moore, anyone that remembers him, big, hard, solid centre-back. Um, he's built on having strong defences in his teams. And, um, yeah, it's really looking like it. They brought Barry Bannon. Obviously, we have not brought him in. They've got Barry Brand, Bannon. It's a great experience. And I think a goalkeeper they've got for League One. He got Farrell. I think that's a great little bit of an you know, they've got him on loan. Um, yeah, that you, penalty save like, was
2: unbelievable, wasn't it? Spaghetti hands. What a yeah, save and, that was from that pen.
1: Yeah, he's oh. a great shot stopper, isn't he? I think you would say about Peacock Farrell.
0: He's a good shot stopper, he's got mistakes in him. Definitely got mistakes. I would
1: say majority of League One keepers have got mistakes in them though. So yeah, I, I think if you've got a, you a shot stopper in there. That's why I think he's good for a League One team because he's yeah, a great shot right. stopper. There's no keeper in League One that's not got mistakes in them.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. Probably League One's a good level. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. Uh, talk about Ipswich to this guy uh, struggling last week, but another another season favourite in Charlton are also struggling. One yeah. opening day draw followed by three defeats. Worried.
1: Potentially, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're highly tips at the start of the season. I thought they'd have a good season. We've got Nigel Atkins, one of Scum Fort United's old uh, uh, bosses. He's, he's done well with a lot of clubs. He's done well with Hull. He got Sh- Southampton up to the Premier League when they were uh, struggling in League One. So I think they've got the right man. I would say to him, all the defeats so far have been very narrow. Um, so they are only just getting edged out. The point did come across, uh, come against Sheffield Wednesday as well um the worrying thing for me shots on target i was looking through the statistics the average are only about two a game when you've got Jaden stockley who at this level should be should be at least 10 or well, at least 15 goals for me at this level in a uh 42 game season 46 game season he's that's that's worrying for him so they really need to uh, start creating more clear um xgs i guess if you choose a bit of your uh uh, fantasy football chat there, Alex. But, yeah, slightly worried. They need to get going quick.
0: Yeah. And any, any other standout results apart from those guys?
1: Yeah, I think you've got to look at Wickham. Relegated last year, just. They gave a right, good fight. And, uh, yeah, they're sitting second. They've had a really good start to the season. Beat Lincoln 1-0. Um, team that really struggled after. So, Darren Moore left sort of January, February time last year to go up to a division to join Chef Wednesday. When Darren Moore left, they really struggled, went from the playoffs like mid-table. They really continued, the second bottom of the league. And uh, one team I did tip to struggle at the start of the season was Shrewsbury, and they're not disappointed. Four games, four losses, no goals, seven conceded. Yeah, good luck.
0: No, I hope they don't go down because uh, that's where all my family are based, so they'll be a bit gutted if uh, that happens. Anyway, moving on from that, Uh, Any other standout results um,
1: from League One? Uh, Nothing, too. Just looking ahead to the week. I know I think a couple of... uh, Well, one good game swings to mind. Sunderland-Wickham. Second place Wickham against fourth place uh, Sunderland. Both had really good starts this season. And they're both desperate. I mean, Sunderland fans are absolutely on their knees, praying that they get promoted this year. It's just who they play in the playoffs because no doubt they'll be in the playoffs and uh, see if they can win the playoffs for a change. Can't wait no. to watch
0: them on Netflix. <laughs> uh, carry the series on. Uh, and you won for the Akabet from League One, Scotty?
1: Yeah, I've gone for MK Dons against Accrington solely for MK Dons. We've gone over 2.5 in this one. Um, I didn't even really want to even look at Accrington because MK Dons were just slapping me in the face with goals. Um, previous four games have all been over 2.5. That's, that's including 16 goals. Um, so an average of four a game. And uh, with MK Don's been at home in that game as well, I'd be surprised if they won two or three goals.
0: Wonderful. All right. And moving on to League Two, uh, any standout results from League Two this week? Um, anything that kind of stood out to you as uh, surprising or shocking?
1: Yeah, there's definitely one. Uh, the team that's top of the league, Forest Green Rovers, 6-3. Uh, what a game, nine goals, goals against Crawley. Yeah. Um, they're absolutely flying, they're absolutely flying. I just want to just take a moment to uh, just say a bit about them four wins from four, 13 goals, six conceded. So, an entertaining team to watch that's averaging just on the five a game. And they've done so well over the last few years. Obviously, they're famous for being a vegan outfit and being the first vegan outfit to play on. Um, you know, the whole, the whole setup is vegan and really uh, sustainable as well. Um, first season when they got promoted, they finished 21st, they stayed up by a point. Then they, lost, they came fifth. They lost in the playoffs. Then they came 10th, which is actually in a 24-team uh, league. is not too bad. And then last season, six, lost in the playoffs. So the last few seasons, they've been in or there about, I really, I really think they'll do the job. Just to say, the manager is um, Rob Edward. He used to be the under-23 manager at Wolves. He's like 33 years old. So for his first full job so far, he's absolutely smashing it. Yeah, it
0: would be great to see a club run with that kind of mentality uh, come up.
1: And you'd uh, love it, Tom. I'd love it, yeah.
0: Absolutely love it. Uh, brilliant. Um, and any other news from League Two outside of Forest Green?
1: Yeah, so Bradford looked good. They beat Mansfield 3-2. Uh, big favourite score up there. They remained second. Uh, shout out to Harrogate. Only other team behind Forest Green, that 100%. They've, they've won less game at the minute because they missed a couple because of COVID. Played three, won three. Uh, beat Barrett the weekend in late Orient or in midweek. So an unbelievable start to them. Yeah. Um, Absolutely flying. It'll be interesting to watch them in a few weeks for you boys when we go to watch Scunny, Harrogate. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we don't get spanking. Um, uh, just worrying for Oldham. Um, four losses from four. They uh, did, did however, get a win against League One Accrington in the AFL Cup. But yeah, rock bottom of the league and Warsaw, second bottom. And yeah, keeping an eye on Salford. Uh, lost again. Time flying Swindon, third bottom of the league. So will Gary Neville's uh, patience be uh, running thin? We will see. I'm
0: surprised it already hasn't, you know, no, oh, sure. Perhaps, uh,
2: classic Gary Neville, uh, hypocrite. And I heard all of them as well are doing, isn't the, uh, the owners in Dubai, isn't he, or something? And then the, yeah, uh, it's who, kicking off. the guy that's representing him is doing like a Q&A with the fan group or whatever to tell yeah. them what's going on. It's, it's, it's it's not a good state down there, is it at the moment?
1: It's not. They've been uh, been processed in mid games. They've been yeah. throwing things onto the pitch. It's uh, yeah. It's a sorry state of affairs. It's looking very like very much like Berry was a few years ago. So yeah, not a good time for that club. We're probably going to see
0: we're probably going to see more and more of that over the next couple of years. I think probably unfortunately the, we the are full impact of COVID has actually mm. felt, um, and a lot of that business support moves away. Uh, so game of the weekend, anything to look out for? What?
1: Given the weekend, uh, Sutton Oldham for me. Sutton are still looking for the first win um, against bottom of the league Oldham, so uh, they will fancy it against them. And then Salford, um, they need to get the season up and running. They play Newport, a Newport team that did get hammered eight 0 last night by Southampton, so good chance for that. And I just want to shout out Villa. Um, I wish more clubs did this. So they played Barrow, the absolute bad Barrow six 0 in the cup as per rules they would get 45 percent of the gate receipts they've said to barrow you can just keep everything for, for a small league two club any football league club that's so big for them it was a full house as well so yeah you know fair play villain they don't need the money but you know it's the gesture in itself and that little gesture is going to be massive for barrow it means they can maybe go out and buy another player so fair play i'd like
2: to see more of that they'll definitely pay the wages didn't I? it was it was great and i think they worked out after Taxes and all that sort of stuff, it might be pushing up 40, 50 grand, I think they said. Yeah. So it's, it's a good, good amount of money. So yeah. well done to well done to Villa there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You do question whether they could do a little rule change in there and make it a bit more sensible. And just, uh, it's great at Villa doing that, but should they have been entitled to, as a Premier League club, to 45% of the gate receipts for a lower league club anyway? It's Get
2: gorgeous. that past annual levy, Tom.
0: Yeah, see what yeah, I can do. See what I can do. Right, <laughs> Scotty, round off one for the AFKEV. What's the third one? I hate doing it,
1: I hate doing it, but it does involve my team. No, oh, no, 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 I think no. no, I, no. I think, if I think we, we first, did this, we'd be in
0: trouble.
1: I think the first time ever, I just couldn't stay away from it. Tramir so boring and crap. And we play Tramia and we're boring and crap. Um, So, under 2.5, three out of four of our know. games have been under 2.5 five. We've our Discord any, and Tramia's all four games under 2.5. Four league games, two goals total. Wow. So, yeah. I'd be be shocked if
0: it's uh, over 2.5. Right, wonderful. Do you want to just uh, give us a little sum of those three? One for the Akis, Scott, you just um, round them off again?
1: Yeah, of course. So, League 2, you've got Scunny versus Tranmere under 2.5. League 1, we have MK Dons versus Accrington over 2.5. And in the Championship, we have Huddersfield versus Reading over 1.5.
0: Wonderful. Uh, we were we're 100 win record so far this year, one out of one. Uh, so thanks for that, Scotty. Uh, that was a nice little treat um, last weekend, and hopefully we can keep it going. Just uh, gamble responsibly, as always. Right. Thank you very much for that roundup, Scott. Some um, interesting. I think it's interesting to see how things are developing in those lower leagues. Lots of surprise and shots, but also some things to be expected in the championship and. That of a Fulham and West Brom at the top makes a lot of sense, but moving back into the Premier League, uh, one of the probably strongest starters for this year at uh, West Ham. Uh, they had a really good year last year, uh, but they started just as strong and trouncing Leicester even before uh, that. Leicester had a man sent off, and it was a terrible ch- challenge from Perez if you haven't seen it, uh, but. They were brilliant, I thought, even before the sending off. Um, Can they keep this momentum going? And uh, what do you think has led to their early season success?
2: Yeah, the momentum carried on from last year, isn't it? Uh, Fair fair play to them. I think they've done absolutely fantastic. They are, uh, I think it's third for the amount of shots. They're second for the amount of shots in the box. They're top for big chances created. Um, I know they faced 10 men again of Leicester, obviously, at, at that time, but I think they've been playing great football. That team's been together now for a, for a full year. Rice and Suchek, just super solid in centre midfield, turning over the play. Cresswell, Sufau creating chances. Um, and then Ben Rahm has come to the fore, hasn't he? He's done absolutely incredibly to replace that, um, that hole that Jesse Lingard's left. But it's got to be said that um, he's he's done it. He's looked great on the eye. But Fournells, Scotty, Fournells, your man. He's actually created more big chances and got a higher expected assist rate than Ben Rama. Um, Fournells actually as as an option. you know we get on fantasy football in a bit, but his statistics are actually better than Rama's, even though the eye test is definitely ahead of Rama. So they're getting it from all angles. Um, Moyes has got them well drilled. You hope they all stay fit. And I'm super pleased for Moyes that it wasn't a flash in the pan and uh, more may it continue.
1: I think when you look at the team, it's like you said there, Kufel, Dawson, O'Bonner, Cresswell. I feel like every time I look at the team, that's the back four with Fabianski in goal. Suchet, Rice, Bowen, Suchet and Rice as well. And then you've got that front four that are really exciting. And like you say, you've got your base that are, if you've got a back four and a keeper that are play week in, week out, it just sets you up so well to go forward and just let those attacking players do their thing. Um it's so exciting to watch. Um, I'm so happy, like I said, for Moyes as well. I'm big big David Moyes fan. Got thought it was very unfairly treated at Man United, going into the impossible job. It will just be very interesting when they start Europe to see how they get on because that's when the rotation starts and is the strong, is the strength in their squad strong enough when you look there um, sort of Yarmolenko, Ober, Lanzini, some players that can do it, a couple of injuries, It's what the what do you prioritise then? Do you prioritise your Europe because you've not been there for years
0: or do you want to try and push on in the Premier League? So will two be games, games a week, week
2: for Antonio, isn't it? Two games yeah. a week. Can oh, you do it? from...
0: Yeah, it's such a good point because they just do not have they don't have a second 11 like a lot of these top clubs, you know, these top six clubs do. They just can't sustain playing their strongest team, you know, with all the cup games as well. They just cannot sustain playing their strongest 11 in every single game, it's just not going to be possible. Um, but it'll be interesting because the point about their core is so true. Any successful side, it's generally they've got a consistent and solid spine, you know, you can almost get away with having average players on like the on the wings and in those kind of wide areas but if your spine is always solid I've always thought you know if you've got a good centre back partnership if you've got good central midfielders and a one striker down the middle that can kind of bring everything together you're always going to do well but the point on Ben Rama and Four I think um you probably from the stats side four yeah it looks it looks great on paper and everything like that but I think when you've watched West Ham in those games every time Ben Rama gets the ball he feels it's that eye test, isn't it? It's He looks like he's going to do something. The ball's constantly getting fed into him. Um, and I think that's probably a sign of the trust that the West Ham players have gotten him to, to like you said, Alex, pick up that role that Lingard uh, leaving has, has left. And he's, he's done it brilliantly. Um, oh, Yeah. But-
2: He's not even in the top 20 for shots in the league, um, and he's, uh, his ex-G is the same as Adam Armstrong's in Adama Dama Traore's. Um, he's 16th for fi- passes in the final third. He's only had one successful cross all season. But what's mattered is, is that he scored goals, he's got his assists, and exactly what you say, you watch him, he picks up the ball, he's exciting you you, you want to watch him play football don't you that's yeah. that's the diff that's the difference maker and again I, I think I think I've given that like, three sets of stats so far this podcast and actually I probably disagree with all three of them and <laughs> in terms of watching the games it's different and I, I again I, I just love watching love watching West Ham this season I'm really pleased
0: yeah I never it's not a lot of people I think when they think of David Moyes I think quite like conservative football but you look at all you have to do is look at the attacking returns or the attacking output that they get from their wing backs in Creswell and Kufal, like like I think you said, Scotty, you know, they're constantly getting forward, pushing high up the pitch. You know, they're two of the biggest threats they have on the pitch. And now you've got a hopefully a fully fit Antonio who looks like he's in the absolute form of his life. I mean, they've it's got nothing a lot of They're gonna start the season really, really well. It's nothing this new, is, is um... it? Look, uh,
2: Baines and Coleman, sorry, the Everton, nothing new this system for him. Yeah to say the same thing mate as I say, oh,
1: yeah. this is, you look at Everton. look at Everton yeah. when he played there he, he he was he was attacking he was fluent, and he was he was the manager who got him into the champions league top four yeah yeah
0: yeah and i think a little shout out to scotty's favorite boy as well deck rice because i think he's also been very good so far and you watch him he's constantly he's you know he doesn't play these huge raking passes over the top but what he does do is he picks the ball up in in Dangerous areas and makes very good decisions and most of the time uh, they are forward or wide passes out to the flanks and he gives it to the people that that can do the job and that's I think what a really effective kind of holding midfielder is supposed to do. Uh, so Rice has been really really good.
1: My news, uh, my news, panic buy, isn't it incoming?
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll, <laughs> genuinely, I could see that happen. I could see a panic bid. I, I think it's something that would ha- I, I've not surprise me at all.
0: What, what, what would you have to pay to get him at this stage of the season? Though? Uh, the transfer 80. market, yeah. yeah,
2: probably. But the because thing is, I I can see it if Jalen's goes for thirty five. I can genuinely see us doing it. But anyway, whatever. Moving from United.
0: Anyway, uh, great start from West Ham. I personally hope it carries on because I love watching them at the moment. They're a great team, and like you say, Moyes is a great, great manager. Probably underrated, uh, and. Probably the last talking point uh, for the Premier League today before we go on to fantasy is probably the big game, the biggest, probably the biggest game we've had so far Chelsea Liverpool. Uh, so, just before we actually look ahead to that match, let's just have a little quick talk about the starts for those two teams. So, you know, Alex, talk to me about Chelsea. You know, what have you liked about them? Any concerns about the way they've played? Um, do, you, do you think there's anything that kind of stands out to you as worrying for them? Or is it just playing sailing for them now, like the top or second in, in, in
2: the Premier I think they've got two starting 11s bar Kante and Lukaku. Um, I think they could literally put out nine different players, Kepa maybe, eight, eight different attacking players, eight different eight different outfield players to a play with Kante and Lukaku any week and they could still do amazingly well. Obviously, Mount's an important player. They've got a great the, the lot, but they've, they've plugged that hole which was their weakness. And it showed a thousand times over against Arsenal. And I I think you can see the way that they play together. Um, Tuchel's got them in a great system. I think I I, I don't really see any weaknesses in their team. And that's a bit frightening.
0: What about the one player that sticks out to me because I really like him, but he, he was a bit defensively poor. When you play. but Reece James, I just thought his ball delivery just adds so much to Chelsea's game, and he had so much space against uh, against Arsenal, for example. Um, do you think he's going to back him against Liverpool? Do you think we'll see Reece James play more? Is he? It just seems like Tuchel isn't sure about him. Why do you think that is?
2: I don't think he'll play against Liverpool. I think he'll play as P at right wing back because he'll because the game will be nil nil and it will be boring. <laughs> Uh, and that's the way that it's going to be. Um, it's. Uh, I think uh, I'd be shocked. If we're sat here next week talking about a 3-2 and a thriller, I'll be shocked. Um, I think that's the thing. He doesn't trust him defensively because I guarantee, if he was nailed on at right wing back, he'd be my fantasy team 100% because the attacking returns he can get going forward looks great, but I just don't think Tuchel quite trusts him yet going defensively, but I don't think it's anything that can't be coached. So definitely a good young player there in making
1: i i I disagree with you in the game. I've got no basis of it, um, <laughs> other than I just don't think it'll be a nil nil. i a fright. It's Saturday. If it was Saturday lunchtime, maybe it's Saturday. It's tea time kickoff. It's at Anfield. It's two of the biggest clubs. It's in front of the cameras. I don't know. I just I just think the crowd is going to be unbelievable, and I just I, I'd be sho- I'd be shocked if it was nil nil.
0: I mean, too too sure go to Anfield thinking if I can get a nil nil. I've done an unbelievable job. You know, I'm filled with the fans back. Uh, I'd, I, I love to think that it's going to be like an amazing 4 3 game, but often, you know, these games can go so, we know we've seen it before, they go either way. I don't think there's an easy way of predicting whether it's going to be high be scoring or, or low scoring. It's, um, I hope you're
2: right. I hope you're right. Scott. Oh, I, I really, I really I do. Right. I hope
0: so. Let's do but it. I hope you go, are. Just finish, finishing off on Chelsea. Now they're two games in and you look at how. Strong that team is, and how strong that bench is. You kind of got to give credit to their recruitment team over the last couple of years because it looks like they're shifting Zuma to West Ham, and they're going to bring in Koundé now. You know, and they've got they've made some unbelievable signings over the last twenty four months: Habert, Werner, uh, you know, Luke Kapku These are unbelievable players. i mean give them, credit, I give them credit.
1: Give them credit, but I'm not being funny. If you're in.
0: I, know spent I think I think you give
1: I give you I think you give people credit that bring players in for teams like Burnley and Southampton for three four five six seven eight nine ten million and they turned them really well. Yeah. I don't think there's any credit in going. Havertz is one of the best players in Germany. Werner's been
0: one of the best players in Germany. Let's just throw sixty seventy eight millions at him. Well, I you, don't you, think that's good. You give you give them credit for a different reason because a lot of teams spend a lot of money. You know, Man United spent over a billion pounds trying to make Ole Sukuna Solskjaer a good manager. So, you know, if you look at it like
2: that... <laughs> well, he's only spent 300 and something million. Anyway, oh, only. Any, sorry, anyway, oh, sorry. The, I just said depends, only then. It
0: depends what figure you look at, Alex. But I guess the point is, they've signed players in the right positions and uh, it looks like it's all coming together. That's why the credit is due, because they could have spent that money and it not come together.
2: I mean, Havertz and Werner have both underperformed so far. I mean, Havertz scored the winner of the Champions League final and that's paid his fee, basically, and everyone forgets about the fact that actually he's been bang averaged 90% of the games he's played. And Werner has really underwhelmed, so I think actually they're both bad signings so far, and they've got a lot to prove.
1: And ZH Fair, enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I, yeah. I actually ZH think the best bit of business last year, and I don't know if he'll play this year, is Thiago Silva for free. Yeah, that was no, the best yeah. bit of business. Yeah.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, moving on to Liverpool, uh, they've also had a good start to the season. Uh, they'll be. Ha- I think they'll be happy that the first game against Chelsea is at Anfield because I feel like early season, you want that home crowd advantage and especially while you're still finding form. Um, God, there's going to be so many interesting battles in that game. You know, seeing Virgil van Dijk go up against Luke Capu, I'm quite excited for that because, you know, BVD's not going to allow it. Mary struggled with that and you could see he was getting aggravated and started lashing out at Luke Capu, just kicking him. You're not going to see that from VVD. He's very controlled, very composed. How do you think BVD deals with Lukaku in that game? And Matic, probably.
2: Yeah, well, the, well, Matic, when he's when he's fit, is a great centre-back. And I think Luke and Van Dijk's one of the best center back in the league when he's fit, I mean, arguably with Diaz. So, I think, yeah, it's going to be a great battle between them all and um, they might end up nullifying each other. I'm excited to watch it, though.
1: I think I think the two CD, whoever plays like that CDM role for Liverpool is huge because when where Lukaku is most dangerous is when he gets the ball to feet and he has the defender um, obviously touch tight to him here. Um, whoever watched Monday Night Football, I know you did, Al. Um, they did a really good piece on it, Gary Neville and uh, Carragher, um, and they they showed when it works and when it doesn't. And it's having that confidence to step up and be with your back four um, rather than hanging back because as soon as he gets that touch tight on you. And then can spin you around, pushes you off. He's so dangerous, and we saw that with his first goal at the weekend. He was, a I mean, Pablo yeah. Murray is absolutely bullied him, but I mean,
0: it's Arsenal. It's a good point, though. If you can stop the ball getting to him in the first place, you've probably yeah. won half the battle, haven't you?
1: Which which Arsenal didn't do. There was yeah. big holes yeah. there, and it went to his feet. And it was, it's like we play five-a-side football. If you've got a big guy up there, and you, he keeps getting his ball to his feet, you, you're in a lot of trouble.
0: And if you look at those central areas, that's probably where Chelsea, in my opinion, have got the edge in in the centre of the park. That's where Liverpool could find it difficult um, because they've got such strength in the centre. Chelsea, they just played really well uh, through the middle of the park. So it's an interesting battle that's shaping up there. Um, Where do you think any of the other key battles are in in that match, Alex? You know, you've got... um, You've got VVD and Matic trying to deal with Lukaku and maybe whoever's holding for Liverpool. But is there anywhere else on the pitch that you think that that game's going to be won or lost?
2: Yeah, Liverpool play really high with down the wings with Trent and Simicass or Robbo, and they'll be they'll be coming up against um, whoever plays at wing back for Chelsea, Alonso and Aspi, probably something like that, and uh, that'll be. I mean, th- that's a key battle down the side because they're probably both the most creative positions for each of the teams. So, they, but they're going to also be given the job to nullify each other. So, I think that's going to be really interesting to see how they work alongside the midfielders. Because um, you know how much Hendo obviously covers Trent over that side, for an example. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they work together. Um, and I think people could be pulled around quite, quite a lot and create a lot of space. But we'll wait and see. Hopefully, it's a good game.
0: Hopefully. So, Scott, you've said 3-2, but which way? Liverpool. Liverpool 3-2. OK. And Alex, do you, reckon, do you support that or are you going to stick with your 0-0? 0-0.
2: I'll be sticking a tenner on it as well.
0: <laughs> I, I, I personally think Chelsea are going to edge this one. I can see them making a really strong title challenge this year. I think it's going to be 1-0 Chelsea. I think they're going to... I, I agree with Alex, there's a lot of creativity in those wide areas, but I just look at that midfield and... I just, I just think Chelsea are going to have control the game and uh, probably nullify a lot of Liverpool's threats. Kante
2: is the goat. He plays I mean, well. They win.
0: I, love him. I can't believe they were considering letting him go at one point. Somebody had obviously, you know, just had a complete mental breakdown at Chelsea because that would have been the biggest mistake they've ever made. So luckily, they're tying. Him, well, luckily for them, they're tying him down to a new contract now. Um, right. Well, I'm sure we'll all enjoy that game. Um, Alex. Moving on to our favourite subject, fantasy football. Uh, Give us a little uh, overview of fantasy football this week and uh, let us know what's going on in the fantasy world.
2: It was a week where our captain choices, Salah and Fernandez both let us down. Um, And the top performers this week were defenders. I think out of the 12 players that got double-figure hauls, seven of them were defenders this week. Uh, Rhys James, top 19, uh, 19 points, 18 points. Uh, And then we had Antonio, obviously performing well with 16. Ben Rama, his friend, got 12. But Mings, Duffy Laporte, Trent, Simicas, Diaz all performed really, really well. Um, I want to give a shout out to the Manager of the Week in the All In Football Podcast League. If you haven't joined that yet, then make sure that you do. I'll give you the code in a bit. But uh, James Barker, Manager of the Week, Triple Captain, Danny Ings. Uh, and he uh, and he scored that absolute wonder goal. So ninety points for uh, for Jimmy. Well done there. Uh, and uh, joy, was. Uh, yeah, well, you know, absolutely, it's <laughs> rock, rock, rock solid pick that one, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Uh, and um, and yeah, uh, Jack Alcroft still leads the way in that league. But it's been an exciting start. Two high scoring weeks, doing all right overall rank wise, and it's uh, yeah, it's been exciting. Wonderful.
0: And uh, I guess probably the big burning question on everyone's mind, Alex, is Mr Romelu Lukaku. Uh, He looks so, so dangerous. Is it time to bring him in or patience?
2: I've been inundated with DMs this week about Lukaku. Honestly, I've had at least three and it has just been madness. So I did some research into Lukaku and should you bring him in or shouldn't you bring him in? Um, I think the main thing to focus on here is fixtures so liverpool away obviously we've just talked about they've got aston villa at home but then they've got tottenham away and man city at home we've just talked about tottenham's not conceded the goal yet this season they've given up some chances and obviously man city at home is a tough game before their fixtures swing incredibly they've got southampton brentford norwich and like what they've got a ridiculous run of fixtures at that point so one thing i would say i looked at the pros and cons now obviously if you bring him in now then you might beat the price rises you might you, you you get on him early if he if he hauls, he does really well and you get all those uh, well all those happy happy manager you can gloat on Twitter or whatever else you guys want to do. Um, his stats, his history, his longevity—he's he's consistently in that team. He's not going to drop by two, Glizzy. He? He's not a rotation risk. He's going to play every week, um, and he's got pedigree in terms of delivering against top teams. I think the main con—well, there are two main cons. The first one is you have to rip up your team if you want to still keep your premiums in there, you're going to have to probably get rid of one of Bruno or Salah or Trent. So you can't have Trent, Bruno, Salah and Lukaku all in the same team. And especially you can't have them all in the same team and still afford Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who's got great fixtures or um, potentially Mason Greenwood. Ben Rahm was an amazing enabler, but I think you have to rip up your team, so you have to wonder about where you would get other points from and would Lukaku's points actually... Would it, would, is he going to outscore those players that you would have instead of him in those next four games? Um, my, my personal opinion is no. And the, the second thing is, would you captain him in those three in those four games? I think you wouldn't captain him in three out of four games. You'd captain him at home against Villa, obviously. Sorry, Jimmy, I know you did really well this week in the Fantasy League and you're a Villa fan, but yeah, definitely captaining Lukaku against your team. Um, But you wouldn't captain against Liverpool. You wouldn't captain against Spurs. You wouldn't captain against Man City. You're paying £11.5 million for a player that you're not going to captain three out of the next four weeks. For me, if I had to call it, it's a wait and see. And I would say, make sure that you then plan to have the funds available to make that transfer for when he plays Southampton at home, and I'd probably get on him quite early that game week because his price is probably going to go up because everyone's going to buy him.
0: Or, or use your wild card.
2: Or use your wild card. Yeah. Or use your wild card. But I think I think using your wild card in game week eight is probably a little bit stronger, just simply because after game week seven there's the international break, um, so you you get a little bit more of a, of a of a vibe and time to make those decisions and obviously injuries etc. So. Uh, but you've made a really good point there, Tom, because actually, if you get the funds to get Lukaku in in game week seven, there's a potential also that you'll be able to delay using your wildcard till the next fixture swing in game week 14. So it's another option.
0: OK, wonderful. Well, anyway, your, your,
2: your thoughts are, go on, Tommy, tell me, you've always got to think about these things. Go I on.
0: do always have to think about these. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be bringing Lukaku in now, I think, even if... Even if he does end up getting points, it's all about making the right decisions. And if you bring Lukaku in now, I think you're bringing him in for the wrong decisions. It's an impulse decision because he's got hard fixtures. And yes, he's pro- if somebody does score, it most likely will be Lukaku. But he's probably not going to go and bag five goals over those fixtures. So similar to what you're saying, there's better options out there for cheaper at the moment. You should be, you know, my plan, I'd love to have Lukaku in and I probably will. But game week seven, game week eight, that's definitely when I'm looking at. I've got four weeks to get there, four weeks of transfers. So as long as I've got the funds in reserve to bring him in at some point, I'm happy with that. I certainly am in no rush to get him in. It's not like I think he's... If he had unbelievable fixtures, then yes, but he doesn't. So, no.
2: I agree. Uh, I wanted to just quickly touch on captain choices for the weekend. Um, Spurs obviously playing Watford at home. That seems like a a good fixture to be able to captain someone like Son. Uh, Expect Kane to start, but I think you'd probably still captain Son over Kane uh, in that situation. Um, Leicester play Norwich, but have Leicester look that good? Probably not, but that's such a great fixture for them still, even though it is away from home. Man United play Wolves away, so if you want to go with Bruno or Greenwood, you could do something like that. But the, the outstanding fixture is the team we've talked about earlier, and it's West Ham at home against Crystal Palace. And you look at Antonio's returns and Ben Rama's returns, it's Antonio first as, as your captain. If you don't have Antonio, but you do have Ben Rama, it's captain Ben Rama, and there's a reason why those two are the most transferred players in this week. Um, uh, it, it's it's good to be able to. I think this week as well, you can go a little bit different with your captain if you wanted to. If let's say, for example, you don't have like Antonio or Ben Ramer, if you wanted to to make it, take a gamble on someone a little bit left field. Brentford at home, Danny Ings. You know, go after what Jimmy's done. <laughs> you know, you could always go back that he's got two and two. So yeah, there's quite a few good uh, captain choices, and also anyone Man City against Arsenal because Arsenal have looked terrible at the start of the season. You could back Mares. Jay's is going to play, I don't know. So, the captain choices are far and wide, but number one on that list is Antonia.
0: Wonderful, well, thanks very much for that, Alex. Um, it's certainly an interesting selection dilemma that's coming up, not only with Lukaku, but with uh, who to captain over the next few game weeks. So, it should be interesting. Uh, right, uh, with the end of fantasy football wrap up, we're going to uh, move on to our last section, which, as usual, is quick fire questions. So, short and sweet answers, boys. And we're going to go through some topics that we haven't had time to cover in the other sections. So, uh, first one, I'm going to come to you, Alex. Uh, Pep has announced that he's probably going to leave City in 2023. Um, <laughs> you're obviously very Get happy in there. about that. Come on. Um, <laughs> But who do they possibly get in to? I guess rebuild. Maybe not carry on the legacy, but start again. They almost need a fresh start. don't know. After having Pep in for that amount of time, it's
2: pretty irreplaceable though. Pep isn't he? He's the greatest manager in modern day time since Ferguson. So it's basically it's difficult to replace him. And I, I, there's absolutely no way there can't be a little bit of regression at City, and change over time. So we'll wait and see. Uh, I, I genuinely couldn't give you a name right now. Um, let's see how the lad gets on there who's taken over at um, Bayern Munich or uh, let's see if Pochettino can actually win something major um, but these, these guys yeah I, I don't know he's great at it
0: bye Pep inter- I think they've got to go completely left field on that one personally but we, we, we will see uh, Arteta in yeah maybe uh, Scotty um, Mbappe has just formed probably the best attacking trio in the world in terms of we've ever seen Mbappe, Messi, and Neymar, and now he's decided that this is the time that he wants to go to Real Madrid. You know, I know he loves he's loved the idea of playing for Real Madrid from what it all accounts, but what's the logic in that decision? Wouldn't you want to play as part of that front three? Uh
1: depends what your ego is. Um it's clearly he wants to be the main boy. He's not going to be the main boy alongside Lionel Messi and arguably not alongside Neymar, if it was just those two like has been. So yeah, he just wants to go and uh I think maybe I I, I hope he feels like I hope he feels like he needs to go to I know um, essentially they're not so big anymore, but to a main league and win trophies at Real Madrid mm-hmm. and sort of be, be the out and out player there. Um, but yeah, I respect it. Um, it's probably his agent pushing for the move. But yeah, I, I like it. He's, he's got a chance to play with Messi, but he's, he's looking at moving and uh, he's realised he's, he's coming up mid twenties now. Is it? Tish. He wants, to, he wants to get his legacy down so yeah fair
0: play I'd like to see it yeah I mean he's got I think
2: he's 21 back here, isn't he so, Twenty-one. But, he's 21 yeah he, in, it, and, yeah, yeah he's, he's forever. one year left on his contract and, yeah he's still uh, a baby
0: but anyway it'll be interesting to see if that's going to cost an arm the leg or it's not going to happen yeah um, Scott, coming back to you straight away, uh, just a question because we we had a talk about this earlier and West Brom played a lot of youngsters against Arsenal um, and it's just really, is the League Cup relevant anymore? Is it time for us to kind of push that tournament to, a, to the side and maybe just uh, put some of the money from the League Cup into the FA Cup and free up some, some of this fixture congestion?
1: It's relevant in the fact that it gives low, the League One and League Two clubs revenue because Obviously, it goes without saying the League Cup is just for the Football League and the Premier League. So it's exclusive to those 92 clubs. So it is, it is good because it, it guarantees revenue every year for these teams, especially if they can you know get a big team like Barrow did. Not only did they get the gate receipts around Sky Sports, so they get that as well. It's a tough, tough one at the minute because, um, unfortunately, COVID-19 has killed a lot of low league clubs and therefore they've got to prioritise the league over cup competitions, so they're for the playing of kids, um, which we saw last night at West Brom. I'm sure the West Brom fans would have loved to see a mixture of youth and experience, but it was majority of kids there, which means um, no Premier League club got knocked out by any lower league opposition in this round, which, I mean, that speaks volumes for itself, and not really anyone struggled. So it's a tough one, but I don't think you can ever take it away because it's just too much revenue for lower league teams.
0: Yeah, good points. Um, it's a strange situation when the championship side are putting out the kids, and Arsenal are playing a Bameyung. Uh, but I guess it that shows you the priorities of the two different clubs, doesn't it, at the moment? So, uh, yeah, hopefully um, it's a it's a cup that they can maintain in the long run. Uh, Alex, take your Man United hat off. Uh, City signing um, Ronaldo. Uh, I mean, that would be pretty incredible, but I'd probably end up... There's been so many big signings this this summer, but that'd be a pretty massive one if they managed to get him in.
2: Since Pep announced he's leaving in two years, now actually I see it happening. I never saw it happening before, but now I think Pep will make a short-term signing okay, and he needs a striker and um, they need to plug that gap. They've seen how strong Lukaku is now at Chelsea and, and their competition one-on-one. Man City will be in the market for a striker by the end of the transfer window, and if they can get Ronaldo, proven goal scorer, proven in the Premier League, incredible athlete, they'll also win City a hell of a lot of money in terms of marketing and everything else. It makes makes a lot of sense for them to to sign Ronaldo. Um, so uh, obviously, as a Man United fan, that sucks, but w- w- great stuff for City, I think.
0: Yeah, and when I look at, I, I just. Think back to one of the earlier podcasts we did and one of the things you said about um, the City when they played Spurs in that opening game was they put something like 30 crosses in, which was more crosses than anyone. Yep. You've got probably the best header of the ball, maybe in history. You know, he's unbelievable in the air and you're popping crosses in with Kevin De Bruyne and Jack Grealish and those are the players that are picking him out.
2: <sighs> yeah, the top, scorer, top scorer of the Euros, everyone writes him off. He puts the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. So, great sign It'll of be- City, I think.
0: Could be a great one, could be a great one. Um, Scott, um, they've announced that international um, players will not be able to go and play in red-listed countries for international uh, international matches in this uh, break, upcoming break. Do you think that's a fair move by the Premier League? I know, I don't want to get too much into the politics of it all, but it's obviously disappointing for a lot of players from Leeds. Rafinha got his first Brazil call up. Do you think that's fair to them, or do you think they should have found a way around that?
1: I couldn't give two shits about Rafinha. I care about my Premier League. No, I do. You, you, um, your job, you play in England. Your job's in England. I'm sorry. Um, if you want to, unfortunately, if you want to play for your club in these times, you go play in Brazil. Um, club club football's priority for me. Um, in these kind of situations, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect any English players playing abroad if we were a red list country for them to come play for us. Unprecedented times, as we've been saying. Um, you, you earn your you earn your money in this country and the Premier League is done exactly the right thing to protect their assets
2: and you've the seen clubs. FIFA, you've seen FIFA have uh, written to Boris to try and get exemptions and try and roll it's roll it roll, roll it all on. Yeah. they just fuck off, mate. Like
1: mm. honestly, like it's our Premier League. We 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 want the stars there, we don't want them an, and everyone isolate them when they come back. Um they can piss off.
2: I just think it's really insensitive to the situation as well, still. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like still... people
1: are people are dying. What, what what makes you feel like you can go across the world and play against uh, San Marino or
2: whoever? I mean, we yeah. all know it's just money, isn't it? But it's yeah. just yeah. Anyway. All right, well, I'm
0: gonna yeah. cut it off there because I definitely wanted to avoid uh I definitely <laughs> wanted to avoid getting too deep into that one, but I just wanted to touch on it because it was a, a big story from this week. Um, Brilliant. I'm going to end it there um, and uh, call a call time on the podcast. So uh, don't forget that you can follow us on all our social channels. We're on Instagram, we're on TikTok, we're on Twitter. Uh, You can find all of those in the link to this podcast um, in the description. Um, And for now, that is the end of this week's episode. Please don't forget to tune into Alex's Fantasy Football Podcast. If you you are into your fantasy football, he'll have much more in-depth analysis of uh, last week and also moving forward um, in the fantasy football world. So please tune into that. Uh, Thanks, and we'll see you next week.